it's important to understand that faith is not based solely upon one incident or one occurrence. It's a process of growing. And that process can take different forms to different people. But the one thing that is the same for everyone is that there has to be consistency. Pastor George Martin Jr. discusses part one of a lifestyle of faith in Romans chapter 14, verses 18 through 21. Let's listen. I do understand that when we start talking about faith, faith can be an intimidating subject because ultimately when we are believing for something, as I, as I posed the question earlier, oftentimes we're not sure when should I stop believing? I've been believing, it's not happening, so has it not happened because God has said no, or should I keep believing? What should I do? I don't know, I don't know, God, I don't know. <laughs> and the reality that we face is that oftentimes when we start talking about increasing our faith, it's just like when you are sitting uh, at the, uh, watching a, a program on television or, or you're a game or a sporting event, and then that commercial comes on and it says, hey, take one of these pills every day, and the weight will just... <laughs> and you grab your phone, you dial the number, you order a whole case. Because I got a few extra things I need to get rid of, so I'm going to take two a day. Because ultimately, when we talk about faith, ideally, it would be that simple. That I can just say, I'm going to believe, it happens, praise God. But we're going to talk today about how faith and growing faith is not instantaneous. It's a process. Faith and prayer, as we said last week, are dependent, a part of a dependent union. One depends on the other. A lifestyle that is characterized by uh, one who has faith or has, who prays a lot, should also be characterized by the showing of the other. So if I spend time praying, then there should also be a compelling uh, on my part for a greater desire to believe while I'm praying. An, event, an individual that possesses great faith, who believes and believes for big things, by nature of the relationship of the two, should then also increase in the frequency of praying. Because I believe, and because I believe, I pray and I pray because I believe. However, one thing that we have to be mindful of is, as I said, it, it just doesn't happen. So let me tell you about me. I'm that guy that when I decide I'm going to start working out and possibly shed a few pounds, I'm the guy that goes and does about 15 or 20 jumping jacks. And then I want to get on the scale. Then I go do some push-ups, Brother Byron, some sit-ups. 
I've broken a sweat. She said, Ann, I think I'm ready now. Let me get on. Let's see. <laughs> then I began to get discouraged. Because my desire would be that it happens quickly. Although faith is essential to prayer, but growing faith does not automatically happen because you're praying more. Frequency in prayer does not necessarily result in strengthening of faith because faith is a process and growing faith is the result of an intentional effort. Faith and prayer are two primary identifiable characteristics of the character Abraham that we're going to focus on today. And we're going to use Abraham's journey of faith to help us see today how Abraham, I talk, we talked about him last week. We lifted him up and shared with how he was, he went up on the mountain to sacrifice his son and was com completely convinced that God was going to raise him back up. So what I want to do today is I want to walk you through his, his growth process and help you to see and also encourage you in your journey that it is a process and faith growth can happen if we go through the process. Because I shared with you that you must exercise your faith. Use it regularly. Start small. Don't jump out there. Don't jump out there. Start small. Start somewhere where you feel comfortable because according to your faith, be it done unto you. So here's the thing. Abraham was, is oftentimes referred to as a man of great faith. Great faith. He possessed or exhibited a lifestyle of faith. However, his great faith did not happen instantaneously. Because we see him in the, the place of victoriously believing God. But today we want to take a look and at the journey that got him there. He's at the pinnacle of believing God. When up on that mountain, he's at the pinnacle of believing God. Imagine that. The God who promised you this child tells you now, go sacrifice it. How do you reconcile that in your mind? Because the Bible tells us that Abraham, when he got there, he laid the son out, he's ready. But he was fully convinced that what God promised would take place. To get us started, let's do this. I want to start with a, a faith quote, okay? Listen to this. Faith is taking the first step when you can't see the whole staircase. Faith is taking the first step when you don't see the whole staircase. 
that I'm going to walk by faith, not by sight. That's difficult for an analyzer like me. I look at things and I'm saying, hey, I need to figure it out. I need to know how it works. I need to know how it's going to pan out. And yet God says, we walk by faith, not by sight or not by our senses. So to help establish us today, there's a couple things, there's a couple definitions I need to share with you that will help you to understand how this journey is going to go. First, I want to define just from a dictionary uh, what lifestyle is. A lifestyle is the way in which a person or group lives. Simply put, this is how we live. We are, if we're going to develop lifestyles of faith, it's how we live. We, li- we live as people of faith. Live is the other word I want to define. And simply put, is to regulate or conduct one's life the way someone either regulates or conducts their life. It's how one governs their life. So we're talking about developing a lifestyle of faith. So the first thing that we need to first establish today, point number one is this. Developing a lifestyle of faith is going to be a process. Because at some point, you are going to have what I will call a faith crisis. It's where you believe and you said, God, you're going to do it. I'm confident that you can. And it didn't happen like you thought. And now you've got a crisis. I believed you. You said you could do it. I know you can do it, but you didn't do it. So it's important to understand that faith is not based solely upon one incident or one occurrence is the process of growing faith. And as I said earlier, we're going to, do, we're going to look at Abraham's faith journey. So there, the, in order to do that, Abraham's uh, story is told in Genesis. And we start out in Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, and I shared this with you as my testimony during the installation, this actually was the passage of Scripture that God used to help me to understand that he was calling me away from the ministry we had pastored, founded and pastored for 18 years, to a place that we didn't know. Genesis 12 and 1 says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. Now, that's, that's what it is. It's God saying, hey, here, I have something that I want to do, but you're going to have to come out from that which you feel comfortable in to something that I haven't told you or showed you yet. Now, I want you to see something here because we read that, we see that, and that's our starting point. But I want to share with you something that Abraham didn't just wake up one morning and say, okay, God, you told me to leave. I'm getting out of here. 
It was a process. Here's how we know there was a process. Stephen, the great deacon, one of the first deacons who, who served, who was a first martyr, Stephen, his sermon before they stoned him, right in the middle of that sermon, he says something. This is found in Acts chapter 7, verse 2 through 4. Right in the middle of that sermon, here's what Stephen says. He says, and come out to a land that I will show you. He's referring to Abraham. Then he came out of the land of, of Chaldean and dwelt in Haran. Notice this now. God speaks to Abraham in Ur, Mesopotamia. But Abraham, now I want you to see this on the map. Uh, if you had a map, you could see this, that geographically, Ur was closer to Canaan than Haran. God said, Abraham, I want you to go south. Abraham went north to Haran with his family. Remember, get thee out from thy family, from thy father's house, to a place that I will show you. He goes to Haran, and here's the key. Here Stephen says that before Abram got to Haran, God already told him he had a plan. But Abraham went and dwelt in Haran until his father died. He stayed there because, remember now, God is visiting him, Abram. He's starting to get to know him because here's how this works. The importance of our getting to know God, because that's a part of our mission, to know God and make him known, it's important for you to spend time getting to know God for this reason. Somebody you hardly know, you hardly trust. You only trust somebody the more you get to know them. The more you trust them will be contingent upon how well you know them. See, God is looking for you to get to know him and spend time knowing him, knowing his word. What does he say about himself? What does he reveal about himself in his word? Because the more I know you, God, the more I can trust you. So Abraham is new. God is saying, hey, he's revealing himself to Abraham, Abram at this time. He says, I, I, I've got something I want to do. I'm going to make you great. But you got to believe me. But because he kind of know God, he kind of trust him. He goes to Haran and stays there until daddy dies. Then he leaves. So we see God says, get out. He said, but not until my daddy dies. Have we ever had one of those moments where you feel like God was compelling you to do something? He said, God, I'll do it, but it's, I'm going to do it when, when things get better. Or I'm going to do it until, I'm going to do it, wait to do it until there's a crisis. How many of us came? We said, God, if you, if you do this for me, if you do this for me, Jesus, I'll never come back here. <laughs> All 
Because we done done it enough times, haven't we? Yeah. I'm going to wait until it feels comfortable for me. So Abraham kind of knows him, kind of trusts him. So then he begins to journey. Finally, his father dies. Now he, he's journeying to, to Canaan. So he gets to Canaan, and then God says something to him. He says, Abram, I will give you this land. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 7, here's what he says. To your descendants, I will give this land. Now, here's the thing. God is saying this to a man who doesn't have any children. He says, I'm going to give you this land, but I'm going to give it to your descendants you and your descendants. Here's what he tells him. In Genesis 13, I, I, if we skip over there and look at verse 14 and 15, he says, lift up your eyes. Now, imagine this. You, you're traveling to a foreign land, and God says, lift up your eyes. Look from the east to the west to the north to the south. For all the land which you see, I'm going to give it to you and your descendants. Now, I want to stop here because we've been talking, last week we talked about how prayer and faith work together. I want you to understand, we're talking about Abraham's faith, but Abraham was also a praying man. Because in verse 7 of chapter 12, it says that after he he hears from God, he says, and there he built an altar so he can pray. He's learning how to pray while he's learning how to trust and believe. In verse number eight, it says this. He said, he built an altar to the Lord. Here it is. And called on the name of the Lord. Uh Prayer. Prayer and faith, they work together. So Abraham is now stretching out in faith, but he continues to pray. Now, here's the thing. God says to him, Abraham, I'm going to give you this land. But he gets there, and guess what? There's a famine. God, you're telling me to go down to this land. I get down here, and there's a famine. Verse 12, verse 10, chapter 12, verse 10, the Genesis says, now there was a famine in the land. So notice God simply told Abram to go down to Canaan. Abram gets down there. There's a famine, and he leaves to go to Egypt. Verse 10, Genesis 12 and 10, there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe. Will anybody be honest and testify? God gives you plan. He gives you the plan. You get down there like, okay, this is what you said. Go, oh, 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 this, you sure this is what? This this is what you told me to come do? So we say, you know what? <laughs> Maybe you meant Egypt of Canaan or Canaan of Egypt. Let me, let me go over here because they got, they've got plenty over there. Let me go over there because surely you're not sending me here because this doesn't look like what I thought. So he gets to Canaan. And he realizes there's a famine, he heads over to Egypt. 
Now we got to look at him over in, in Egypt. So he, now, 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 mind you, he's supposed to be in Canaan. There's a famine. He heads to Egypt. But then it hits him. I just might be outside of God's plan. So he, as they're getting close to Egypt, he looks over to the wife and says, Sarah, uh, now you're a pretty woman. And these, these people don't know us. <laughs> and I just think that when we get in there, they're going to look at you and want you and kill me. So when we get there, tell them, you're my sister. He's on a path of trusting God. Now he's lying. They conjured up something to, here it is, to help soothe his conscience for being outside of what God told him. Oftentimes we do that. We'll conjure things up to try to settle the matter, to make it feel good that we're not believing. He says, listen, oh, uh, 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 just tell them that you're my sister. They get down there. God starts plaguing the, the, the leader. He says, wait a minute, something's going on. Comes Abraham and says, why would you tell me? I almost took this woman to be my wife. So see how we start. There's, it's a process. He's not on the mountaintop yet. He's not up there being fully convinced. He's growing in his confidence in God. But it's a process. So he has a high point because you'll have this. Your, your journey in, in, in building faith could, could sometimes look like this. The high point, he leaves. So, so let's start. He starts out, God says go. He doesn't go, he goes and waits. His father dies. He finally leaves, okay? He leaves all that he knows. He leaves. That's a high point. He gets down to Canaan. He's still believing because he made it there because of faith. He gets there. There's a famine. Okay, I'm going to Egypt, Okay. They might kill us in Egypt, so let's lie. <laughs> Going even further. Then God tells, God sends him out, and he goes back to Canaan. The Bible doesn't say that the famine was gone. It just, he goes back because they put him out. They sent him out. He goes back to Canaan. He gets there. He's feeling pretty good about things. It's high because he gets there, and now he has a conflict with his nephew Lot. They get there, they say, well, now we're, we, we got too much. We can't dwell together. You just decide. Lot decides, he decides. So now they're there getting settled in. Then Lot gets captured. Lot gets captured, and now we see a faith high point because Abram learns that his nephew Lot has been taken captive. And guess what he does? He gets all of those in his household and all those that are with him, and he said, we're going down and get my nephew. Because at this point, he's believing that God is with him and that they can prevail. So he's got a high point because he's trusting and believing And then his faith starts to shake a bit because after the victory, 
He celebrates. He, he, gives, he gives the first tithe of Scripture to Melchizedek. But now he realizes, or he has one of those moments, as we all will have when it comes to faith. He gets, has one of those moments and says, but God, wait a minute. Now, you said you'd give me the land. We're here now. But you said you're going to give it to me and my descendants, and I don't have any children. Chapter 15, verse 2 and 3, here's what he says. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I have no children. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is going to be my heir. So now he's wrestling with, can I believe you to do? Because remember now, the story ends on the mountain being fully convinced. But here he said, but God, wait a second. I have no children. So God then visits him. And I'll tell you this, oftentimes when we're trusting God and we begin to step into faith and say, God, I'm going to believe in ways I'm not believing before, I promise you this, when you have a moment like that, God will come and reassure your faith. If you are convinced that you are going to trust and believe God, that you, you have set your mind on trusting God in ways you haven't trusted before, he will assure that faith. Because you have Abram saying, God, I, I don't have any descendants. Verse 4 of 15, chapter 15 of Genesis says this, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir. He says, listen, what you see, the plan that you see, how this may work out, this one will not be your heir. But one who will come from your own body. Here's a man already past that season. Remember, I asked the question, when is faith not faith? If I don't see it, then I could continue to believe. So here's, here's Abram, past the time of childbearing, child getting, because he wouldn't be barren. Yes, I understand, ladies. He ain't bearing no child. He can get one, but he can't bear none. I get it. So he's past the time of child getting. But here's the thing. God says to him in verse 4 of Genesis chapter 15, the one that you just pointed out is not going to be your heir. It's going to be someone that's going to come from your own body. Here's what verse 6 says. And he believed in the Lord. He says, God, if you're saying it, I'm going to believe it. And not only did he believe God, but he got a bonus. Because James described Abraham like this. He says, listen, Abraham, uh, so that the scriptures could be fulfilled, Abraham believed. 
It was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. He gets the title friend of God because he believed this promise that God gave. And here's the thing, because, again, believing, trusting God, because we've got ingenuity, we're, we're, we're smart, we, we, we get, we, we, we're great planners, guess what we try to do? Help God do God's thing. Anybody that helped him? I've tried to help him, boy. I said, hey, I know, yeah, yeah, let me help y'all because here's what Abram, Abram and, and Sarai does. They're going to help him out. Okay, we got this promise. We'll have a child. Sarah said, uh, uh, Abram, now you know, uh, you know I ain't. I've already gone through the, as we call it, the change. <laughs> Men are, Menopause, the pausing of the menstrual cycle, the ceasing of. He said, now, you know, I didn't go on through. That's what Paul is saying when he said he's talking about the deadness of Sarah's body. Not that she was dead, she, the, the deadness of her body. That, she, that process is done. So he says this. She says, uh, you know, I got this fine young hen maiden. She got good childbearing hips. She, <laughs> she can help out. You take her, you make her your wife. What she didn't count on because we never do that. We don't think it all the way through. Right. When you help and you only know what's in front of you, God knows the end and the beginning. We're trying to help. So watch this. She, she got a plan. You go on there with her. And she didn't think it through because... Then Haggai started walking around with that belly out, <laughs> rubbing it. Sarah, like, she's she trying to, she's she trying to, yeah. <laughs> she's sitting down, why? She's like, she's mocking me, Abram. Get out of here. And that old baby she's got. Because that's what we try to do. We try to help them. But God is so gracious because even though Ishmael came out of them trying to help him out, he says, okay, he's still your son. I'm still bless him. This ain't the plan I had, but I'm still going to give some grace to you because he's your son. So they try to help him. It don't work out. Again, I want you to be honest. Anybody try to help him? Here it is. This is the hard part about, about being honest today. You tried to help me and it didn't work out. Why? Because God has a way. He says, my ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts 
your thoughts. So you have to understand that if I'm going to trust you, I got to trust you your way. Here it is. Now, Abram is going through the process. He's, he's, his faith is growing. He heeded his wife's plan. Listen to someone. Notice now, God is the one who gave him the plan. Hear this now. God is the one that gave the plan, but he's listening to somebody else tell him how the plan is supposed to come together. <laughs> you go call, you start calling. The Lord told me to do this. Girl, what do you think? Oh, you know you ain't got enough time for that. You got all this stuff going on. You got all these things. The brothers, hey, hey man, what you think about? Uh, God told me to do this. What do you think? And they, they guide you off, and you're like, okay, yeah, you're right. That's what you, that's, I think that's what he meant. But look at the blessing of God. Because when we set our hearts on trusting him and believing him, it's filled with grace, and he blesses us. Because then God changes their names. He wants to separate them from the non-believing version of themselves so that they can now walk in this believing self. Says, Abram, your, your name's going to be Abraham because you're going to be a father of nations. Sarah, Sarah, your name's going to be Sarah, mother of many nations. Now, here's the key. Watch this. Name change. Things are going good. But you still have no children. Now, I want you to just peek into this understanding human nature. It's possible at this time they're not even coming together to possibly conceive. So when God is, 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 is getting them convinced that this is going to happen, they also, also have to believe in order for them to actually, because she's not married, she's Sarah. Her conception is going to come the natural way. Come together. This is how this will work. So they've got to actually act in faith because part of what faith will require is obedience. One way they exhibit faith is through obedience, that I'm doing what you told me to do. They come back. Falses faces. Hey, listen. And this is what we pick up in Romans chapter 4, when it says, against hope, believed in hope, not considering the deadness of his body and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Because at that point, Paul is saying, something is happening. They, they, they're believing God, they're trusting, they're exercising their faith, and that faith is continually growing so much so that by the time we see Abram, who's become Abraham, on the mountain with his son Isaac, his faith is being perfected because here's what you need to understand. Faith untested is not faith at all. I want you, I want you to let that sink in. Faith untested is not faith at all. 
Because until you've had to trust God, you can't say that he made a way. Until you've believed that he'll do it when it had not been done, you can't say he did it by faith. So faith untested is not faith at all. I've got to, I believe that I'll see. Something else I'm going to just point this out. I'm not going to spend much time on it because faith, his faith is growing because God tells him he wants him to circumcise all the men's children in his home, his household. And Abraham does that. You see that in chapter 17. He gets everyone together. Everyone, brothers. <laughs> Brethren, he gets everyone together. Now, that might have taken some convincing. I mean, the children, you come in, hey, son, come here, come here. But, you know, you got grown men, you say, hey, God done told me. <laughs> uh, we got to do something unusual here. Uh, things that we hadn't been done, do, we hadn't been doing this before, but God said this is the way it's got to be. You see faith working? He had to walk out this thing. Circumcises everyone. And then we see his faith being confirmed. Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 3 and verses 8 records how Abram, God tells him, I want you to take your son and I want you to sacrifice him. He gets there and he's believing God. And I want to say this again because faith untested, not faith at all, because Abram is there ready to sacrifice his son. He's convinced of the promise that God has gave that this boy will have children. He gets there, and I shared this last week. He's there. He's ready to sacrifice him. And the writer of Hebrews says that when he put him on that altar, it was as though he was already dead because he was going to go through with this. But the writer of Hebrews goes on to say in chapter 11, that Abraham also believed that God was getting ready to raise him up. Now imagine that. This man, nobody had told him this. His faith compelled him to believe God in such a way that he had never seen before to do something he'd never seen him do before. He's going to sacrifice his son, and he's going to step back and wait for him to resurrect him back up. Faith. The reality that we face with here is that when he got to that point where he's able to believe God like that, it didn't just happen. That through the journey we've just taken, we see how Abraham, Abram, who became Abraham, essentially confirms his faith. Two quick points and I'll be done. Point number two. The justified live by faith. Four times in God's scripture, the Holy Scripture, God says that the just shall live by faith. The just refers to the justified. According to Romans chapter 5, verse 1, here's what it says. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. The word justified means to be rendered righteous. Those that have been born again have been rendered righteous are declared and made righteous in the sight of God to render worthy. So the just shall live by faith. 
four times it's recorded. It's recorded in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, in Hebrews, I mean, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 1, verse 17, Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, and also Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. It says, and the just shall live by faith. Those that have been justified live by faith. God emphasizes this sense that we should have a lifestyle of faith. Those that are exercising faith, believing God, trusting him. Because here's the thing that Paul points out. Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God and salvation. So we know he's talking about the gospel. He says, for, it, for, it is, for in it is the righteousness of God, God is revealed from faith to faith. I told you this last week, that from saving faith to confident faith. So saving faith, I believe you for salvation, but then I begin to trust you with this confident faith from faith to faith to faith to faith. Because the more I get to know you, the more I trust you, the more I trust you, the more I believe you, the more I believe you, the more I exercise my faith. Last point of the day. Faith is not just something that's a part of our journey. Faith is an essential part of this journey because point number three is this. Faith is what pleases God. Hebrews chapter 11, turn there if you would. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. This is obviously those that have had time in the Bible and the scriptures over the years. You know that we call Hebrews oftentimes a faith hall of fame. It lists a lot of individuals who believe God in various different ways and trusted him. But, it, but verse, after starting out, the writer says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. That's verse 1. But then by, he, by the time he, he mentions a few, uh, and then he stops and says, wait a minute, let me make sure they understand this. Verse 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. Think about that. The reason we're talking about a lifestyle of faith because God is pleased with faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God, we come to God through salvation, through salvation through Jesus Christ by faith. He who comes to God must first believe that he is. Here it is. That he's a rewarder, Minister Anthony, of those who just seek him. I need to stop. Because you might have some times where your faith fails, but you got to be set on continue to seek him out. Because it didn't say he rewards those who are successful. He says those who are continually seeking him. Because every time God sees faith, he gets excited. Let me share this quick story. So uh, listening in and, you know, um, heard little George talking to some, some, some friends. And so... What he was saying, I couldn't do since the canvas. I, it, it was, but the fact that he believed I could, <laughs> it kind of it it stroked my ego a little bit. He was telling them how, 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 he said, I think my daddy can pick up the whole car. I've seen him do, I've seen him pick up big things, heavy things. I didn't correct him. I could have gone and said, <laughs> uh, son, you know, dad does have a little strength, but I don't know if I can do that. I, I just let him have that. 
because his faith in me pleased me. So after they dispersed, I said, son, um, you, you know that, uh, remember that uh, switch game you wanted to get? We're going to go to Walmart and get that now. <laughs> We're going to pick it up right now, baby. Because of the confidence he showed in his father, I rewarded him for having the confidence in me. Even though what he was asking, I wasn't going to be able to do it. Sister Linda, I was hoping he'd go too far and say, go out, Daddy, go out there and try to pick that car. That's all. Hey, 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 you know, this, this ain't, this ain't a, a car picking up day. You know, we're going we gonna to hold off on the car picking up on this day. This is Saturday. You know, we don't do no car picking up on Saturday. We'll, we'll wait till, what day y'all going home? We, we only do that on Mondays. But he rewards those who diligently seek him because we're charged to live our lives to the glory of God. So if faith pleases God, then God, I want to increase my faith that I might please you. That wraps up another awesome word. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed.